Snowball Spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. we got all kinds of different stuff. We'll take a look at our Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em standings going into the last week of the college football season, the regular season, the conference championship games. See who's got a chance uh, to come out as the winner there. More uh, college football talk. As it's nearly official, basically official, the expanded college football playoff is coming to a bowl near you in 2024. So this year and next year are the final two four-team playoffs, and then it'll be a 12-teamer with the uh, are we going to say the Rose Bowl agreed, or are we going to decide that maybe they got strong-armed into agreeing? Um, they they realized their seat at the table was going to be gone. But either way, Rose Bowl's on board, so the college football playoff will expand in 2024. We'll talk about that, what it means moving forward for the new deal in 2026. Co- uh, college football coaching carousel, we haven't mentioned that yet this week. Uh, with, the, with the different hires, uh, it looks like Coach Prime is headed somewhere. He's narrowed his options down to three, and apparently he's going to let us know this weekend. It'd be nice of him if he would. NFL, man, there's some great games starting tonight, uh, this week. Also, uh, some different topics. You know what you're not hearing much about, Jared? Oh, uh, probably a lot. What? what in the we, NFL? What? what? You know uh, what's happening? Oh, in the NFL? Yeah, you know what's happening this week? Um... I know one thing is probably not what you're thinking of. What? Deshaun Watson's coming back to the field. Oh, yeah, I did hear about Yeah, I haven't heard much about that. No. I wonder why. I wonder why there's not a lot of talk about that. Hmm. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Uh, OBJ, he's going to go on his free agent tour starting this weekend. Looks like he's narrowed his choices down to three. Is he going to be able to fly there? Giants, Buffalo. Well, you might, may have to take private plane. Giants, Buffalo, Dallas. Did you see the the smoke between Kyler and Patrick Peterson? What's going on? What? Yeah, I saw that. Whew, we can talk about that. Off the top of the show, Thunder last night come back to beat uh, San Antonio without Jay Gilgis Alexander. J Dub San, Santa Clara Williams was awesome. Believe it or not, we're already a quarter of the way through the uh, the NBA season. So we'll kind of talk about some different topics with that. That's what we got on our minds. Plus Elk City basketball. Tell you what's going on tonight with that as well. 225-9698. That's the phone or the text line. It's 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in. 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com. You can download the app. The app's got radio, it's got the Penny News, that Penny News uh, print edition's filtering out everywhere right now. Let's go, get a, uh, go pick up a free copy of the Penny News at your favorite spot to do that. Big Elk TV online tonight, 
Paragon TV tomorrow. Um, let's see, we got the Skinny on Sports podcast as well. Go back and listen to a show that you might have missed at kadsam.com or iTunes. Hi, Jared. Good How morning. Are How are you today? I'm well. Very well. It's Thursday, right? It is Thursday, I it believe. Like it should be Friday because you got games. Got some basketball tonight. I'm trying to get like yeah, talk about my not, head around. Oh, wait a minute, it's Thursday. <laughs> talk about not being overly prepared for something. Oh, well, I got you. I got you prepared. I think I do. No, I'm not talking about your side of it. I'm oh. talking about me. And oh. just the, that switch to basketball from football. Right, yeah. It And how it, yeah. it, it happens, like, without you knowing, I guess, or we hope. <laughs> I don't know. It, we'll find out Every tonight. year, right, it feels weird to go from <coughs> immediately from, from, that, from football to basketball. Well. It, all, it always does for me. Takes a little little time to get used to it. You you would do that no matter what, right? Because I mean, I kept saying on the other night on our broadcast, I kept saying, and she intercepts it. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh man, basketball's in my or football's in my head. But you you Picked would do off. you would do that in anyway, because the basketball team you follow starts at the first of November, right? So even if the Elks had a bad season and were done way earlier than than they have been the the last couple of years, you're still boom right into that transition. True. See, I got you, myself into a little bit of a time you where you usually have a couple of weeks. I thought, I, right? I did uh, <laughs> until the last two years. Which, listen, I'm not complaining. Don't yeah. don't don't get it twisted, kids. I'm not complaining about it. It's just a, it's different. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I had a whole month in between. Yeah. You know, when the when football is over and basketball, this is a much preferred uh, way to do it. And maybe if we could just be studying for one more football game, it would be even the perfect way to do this. But we're not. And so right. uh, Big, Elks, right. Big Elks and Elkettes tonight. Elk City girls, uh, Ardmore is their opponent in the Carl Albert Festival. The boys will play Carl Albert themselves. Looking at the rosters, Carl Albert's going to have a couple guys that aren't there. I was wondering about that this morning. There was a couple that I recognized, just bam, right off the bat, uh, DeQuazy and also Tayshawn James are listed on the basketball roster, I would be shocked beyond belief to see them out there tonight with the uh, state championship football game coming up on Saturday afternoon uh, for the Titans. So I don't anticipate those two guys being there. But uh, last year, the Elkettes and, and the Lady Tigers of Ardmore, similar seasons, both just a little bit under 500, uh, at, whereas the Elks were under 500. Carl Albert was a state semifinalist, uh, losing to Dell City in the semifinals in 5A. So that's a, a team that I have no idea what they've got coming back uh, off of last year's team, but uh, we'll find out. I, it's going to be a strong test for sure tonight for both sides. So it's going to be fun. It's a, the, the opening to the schedule for Elk City is uh, it's it's like, whoa. Start out with this, Weatherford on Saturday. Both of those teams look loaded that's I mean we were talking the other day uh, watching the OU game with some of the, the Elk City coaches the football coaches or whatever but you know Weatherford might be the best team that Elk City plays all year on the boys side yeah they're loaded oh my gosh the two Sage twins and uh, CJ Nixon as sophomores yeah Rearman's a junior I believe all those guys are six five or above yeah that's gonna be watch out the Weatherford Eagles. And then there's Clinton. Obviously, that's a, the, the rivalry that that is. Jones, Kingfisher, 
So yeah, I mean, he jumped right the deep end on the on the basketball side of things before Christmas. So it uh, got to figure out where you're at pretty quick there uh, for for both uh, both teams in the brown and Not white. Not to mention how tough that you mentioned it, but oh, earlier yeah. that conference is just yeah. Then after Christmas, yeah. it, it it doesn't necessarily lighten up. Uh, Thunder last night, man, they played terrible in the first half, giving up 77 first half points to San Antonio. A Spurs team that was riding an eight-game losing streak. They'd lost 14 out of 15 coming into that game last night. It almost looked like Thunder were kind of disinterested in being there without SGA. Uh, but the second half that came out made it a lot tougher on the Spurs on the offensive end. Uh, the defense picked up immensely, only allowed 34 points in the second half after a 42 and a 35 in the first two quarters uh, that they allowed. And, and that meant they had space to come back, and they did. Santa Clara Jalen Williams was awesome with a career-high 27 on 11 of 15 shooting. It was two for three from three, 23 from Lou Dort. Um, also in double figures, Josh Giddy with 14. He also grabbed 14 rebounds. Off the bench, Yuzman Jang, the, the, young, the youngster from New Zealand, had 10, 16 from Trey Mann. He'd been kind of a guy that – been looking around for him, wondering where you at. What's been going on with Trey Mann? Well, last night he was a little bit back to the form we sort of come become accustomed to uh, with 16 and Thunder come back and win 119-111. Not only last night, but just a quarter of the way through the season, kind of where 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 are the Thunder with what you had in your mind heading into the season? Well, I think with heading into the season, the expectations was that they were going to play to win. Instead of tank, I guess is what we're calling it, what we've called it, because of Chet, because of Holmgren. But but then the injury happened, and then my expectations immediately went down. So I would say they are better than what I thought they'd be because of the circumstances. Without Chet, but SGA, I mean, we've I failed to consider that he could be getting better each season and each season, and he has, and he's awesome, and um. And then the pieces around them are, are, are young pieces that are getting better and better. So this rebuild 2.0 for the Thunder, I, I think it's still on on course to still being a rebuild, and they're not playing to win. But I think they I think they're better than what I expected them to be after the Chet injury. Does that make sense? Yeah. I thought with them, I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd be solid. You know, middle of the pack in the West, fighting maybe for a play-in spot or 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 outright playing or a or a playoff team, but now how they're playing without him is pretty dang encouraging to think what they could be with him. So I would say they're better than what I thought. They're darn sure more entertaining than what I thought. Yeah. And a big part of that is SGA has become appointment television. And the league's taking notice. Did you see Barkley the other the, night? Are the fans taking notice? But, yeah, I heard what he said. Did did you did you see that? Uh, I heard a snippet on the way home the other day. Or he called him Alexander Gilchrist. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. Yeah, but he also, in, in the same time, he also said that uh, he should be an All Star starter. Right. Which did he? Was he the one who said if he's not, the fans should not be voting on yes. this. Yeah, and exactly I've been saying. saying that for years, not that's, just about SGA. but It's I the just, fans it's game. The, that's why I, I have doubt about him even being an all-star because the fans 
in the large markets. They don't know, you know, and it doesn't help that OKC is not on, but maybe what one time this year, national television. They got flexed out. Zero times. Yeah, because so, so, it was supposed to be in November with the matchup of Bancaro and Holmgren, one and two, right. Orlando and OKC. They that's got right. They got flexed out that's on right. that one. So that, I can keep going to that. And I agree. I mean, obviously, I, I think he is he is one now of listen, the top five guards in the league right now. We need to back her up with the uh, starting on the all-star team in the West. Just because that means he'd be above – Luka Doncic and Steph Curry. Well, what about right now? Like through I mean, come through a quarter uh, here at the quarter pole. What about right now? No, not not like at the All Star break because he's no. got to cool off, right? Yeah, but he's but not. So could those guys? Uh, yeah, but he's not those guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we'll get to. Well, okay. For instance, Luka Doncic, in my mind, is absolutely one hundred percent the quarter pole MVP. Yeah, he's averaging thirty three and a half. Eight and a half and almost nine rebounds a game. His PER, uh, player efficiency rating, 31.42, which is the best in the league. And you see, and he's on a team that requires him to do what he's doing just to be 500. His supporting cast isn't what a lot of these other guys have. Like, for instance, Jason Tatum. You take Jason Tatum off of the Boston Celtics, that's still a pretty good team. Agreed. You know, with with Marcus Smart, with Jalen Brown, when when uh, oh, Brogdon comes back, uh, Williams, Robert Williams comes back. You've you've also got Al Horford. You know, there, you've got a bunch of guys you can run out there. Peyton Pritchard. There, there's a, that's a good team that Jason Tatum obviously makes a championship worthy team because of how good he is. But if you if you take him off, you take Luca off the Mavs, and they're one of the they're down there toward the bottom, and they're out of the play in right now. Uh, at 11th in the West, I mean, I get it. It's it's a quarter of the way through, but only 10 and 10 with the wizardry that Luka's been able to do. So, And then Curry is Curry. I mean, that guy, it's just – now, that doesn't mean he can't be an all-star, which, I, you know, you've got, you've got other guys that are going to be in the mix, Ja Morant, obviously. But you know what I think helps him is the, the era in which he's playing because everything's kind of positionless, right? And so it doesn't have to be just four guards and this, this many wings and this many big guys. You can kind of finagle that around to where you can fit uh, the guys that are deserving into that team, and I think he is. And, and quite frankly, I don't. I think it's a runaway right now that Shea Gilgeous-Alexander would be the quarter pole most improved player in the league. I mean, he's 31-6-5, yeah. sixth best PER in the league at 28.03. He was shooting 50-40-90. The three-point shooting has cooled off just a little bit. But he's still 50.5 from the field, 92 from uh, free throw line, and now 34% from three, which in the early going, you know, one for seven like he had against New, Eng- uh, New England, New Orleans the other night, can drop that down. It, it fluctuates more than, than it will later on. But, uh, I, I mean, SGA has been fantastic. He's he probably better right now than even – the Thunder thought maybe he could be at least right now. I mean, he's and he's still maybe not a finished product. That's the beauty of it. And I can't wait for the, this year. Maybe down the stretch, for sure, you'd think next year with Holmgren coming back, another pick or two in this upcoming draft. Then you see the Thunder really start to to build a team that that is challenging to not only make the it, it, to make a, to make it into the playoffs. 
that's when you get to see what you, what exactly you have with SGA. Is he a guy that can be the number one on this team uh, on a good team, mm-hmm. or is it, it? You know, could it possibly be Chet? It's hard to tell that since he hadn't played a game yet. But I think the true reveal. Sorry, to interrupt. It, it'll be when it'll be when the games really matter. That's where I was going. I think that's that's the true reveal of a of a, of a guy that's a good player and a great player. That's the difference, that's right? One hundred percent. You know, he's playing great right now in games that let's face it don't really matter because <laughs> this isn't a team that was going to say we're going for the playoffs <coughs> after the Chet injury. I think that was apparent even before the Chet injury when Sam had that. What was it postseason press conference that went like two and a half hours long, and he was just laying it out, saying, "Listen," in cryptic ways, saying, "We might still be tanking, even though we have the number two pick." You know, he said it without without with many words. But my point is, when you make so, if they are when they become contenders, and when it's like, okay, they got to win this game to uh, be top four in the West, and they could host a or whatever. Or they're in a playoff series. It's a game seven. That's when we could really start to say, okay, SGA, he's a good player. Now he's a great player. That's now right. he's an MVP type player. Now he's an All Star starter. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 and that's those are just questions that remain to be answered right. and will remain to be answered until the Thunder get in, get in, uh, into the position as a team to be able to to be able to try to a- answer those questions. They're not there yet. But the I think the the best part about this season so far is there isn't any sign of the tanking. No, even even 25 or 22 games in I guess right now. There's no sign that they're not going to but but it, at some point you got to figure out what you got, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the that's the part that really is is disappointing about Chet's injury. Is that you can't you can't see a whole season with these guys playing, because at some point here, in the in the next two to four years, some of these guys that you think are going to be pieces are going to get voted off the island when they show that they can't get it done. Right. But the but to this point, it's impossible to decide who that is because we're twenty two games into actually seeing them really play. As a squad and as a team and as a team that's that's going into every game trying to win, which hasn't necessarily been the case in every game over the past little bit, uh, year and a half or so. So it's it's definitely encouraging. Uh, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara Jalen Williams, looks to be the exact dude that they've needed for all these years. Right? Yeah. I mean, a perfect, like, 3 and D guy. And he might even be better than that with what we saw last night. I mean, he could clearly kind of handle the ball and initiate offense. He could score. He can move. But, man, I think we're going to – no matter what happens in this run of the Thunder, I think once Jalen Williams becomes more established, not only on this team but in the league, I think we're all going to look and go, damn. That's exactly who Katie and Russ needed all those years, right? Yeah, I think he's going to be like a a, a a rich man's Tabo or what, you know, just mm-hmm. a guy. Yeah, defensively he may not be to that level just yet, but I think he's also every he, he's everything that people want Lou Dort to be. Right. You know, maybe not as good on defense, but he, he 
appears superior on the at least tool wise. Maybe he never gets there, but man, that, that sure looks like a really really good pick because Jalen. I mean, he looks to be, and it's a small sample size. We're twenty games in and twenty two yeah. games in, and he's only played fifteen or eighteen of them because he you know got hit in the face that first couple games. But he sure looks like a piece that's going to help, um, yeah. and, and maybe that alleviates some of the other. The problems um, around the league. Best teams so far in each conference. Um, Boston and Phoenix are at the top of the standings. They both have the best uh, point differential. Uh, Boston winning by eight point six a game. Phoenix seven point four a game. Uh, they're both on pretty good hot streaks right now. As we talk about this, Boston's won fourteen of fifteen. Phoenix eight of nine. So at least in the early going, those two appear. You know, kind of not head and shoulders above everybody else. Denver's right there alongside Phoenix. Milwaukee is right there with Boston. Uh, but, you know, those are those are two of the better teams. Anybody else that's kind of caught your eye around the league? Um, in a good way. In a good way. I'm always going to keep my eye on Memphis and John Morant. We talk about taking next step. I kind of always kind of like preseason thinking that this might be the season Memphis takes that next step and maybe can get to a conference uh, finals. So they're hovering around right there at four, three games, three games above 500. Not worried about them. I know we'll talk about teams we're worried about next. I think they'll uh, ascend and not descend. Um, and kind of the, I mean, you know, there's Milwaukee always going to be right there. <laughs> but Celtics, you mentioned all the pieces that Celtics have. I thought that the coaching situation might be detrimental to them, but it really hasn't. I mean, they're really a good team. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I was about to wrote that down, and I was like, nah, I'm not. I don't think there's any doubt that there that that coaching can can assist in in winning, mm-hmm. and especially in the playoff games, the feel for the game of it, uh, not not allowing one of one lineup to get decimated too long before you make substitutions when the game turns or whatever you know what i mean yeah but as far as does this not show as far as like regular season and and all coaching in the nba is so vastly overrated yeah i mean anymore the what what takes what's a good nba coach is a player's coach let them do what they want kind of yeah be your you know but that only works during the the regular season because don't rub them the wrong way because, but I, I, yeah, I mean, the the days of Popovich are over, right? Does that make sense? Well, I mean, he's still lo- wobbling around out there. Well, I, but you, but I know, you know what, what I mean. mean as yeah. far as you know, I, as a guy off the court, I can't stand him. But as a coach in the NBA, there were times he made in their heyday, he was coaching. But I think that's gone. Is that fair to say? Even when it gets to latter game, later game situations in in championship games, uh, I think it, playoff games. I, I think it's I think it's allowed then, in by the, in the players' minds. I mean, anymore I, you just need to coach for the last two minutes of a close game to draw up plays, and then okay, just this is sure. what we're going to try to do. If not, KD just take over. Well, that's the way it's always been, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Phil Jackson wasn't drawing up these wizard inbound plays. It was you screen, you screen, get the damn ball to Mike, and let him go score. And by the way, he's not going to shoot it every time, so be ready to catch it and score. If it yeah. comes to you, shoot. Because you're going to be wide open. <laughs> Don't let it hit you in the face and go out of bounds. Like, Be ready to shoot because you're going to be the only person on that side of the court. 
Thank you, Steve. Thank you, John Paxson. <laughs> you guys are at least ready to catch it and shoot it. Um, I th- I think there there is some there is value, obviously, or they wouldn't be getting paid. But during the regular season, it's not as much because it's not like you're sitting there scheming night in, night out for every opponent. You're really not. I mean, not like you are in, in a seven game series later on down the line, which. Well, they you know, play so many games. That's right. It's impossible it's, to do. Scout. You don't practice. Yeah, you don't practice. Okay, uh, we got Milwaukee next week. Let's practice. Oh, you got three or four games between then and that. Yeah, you, now you, and then. you do what you do and, and maybe try to make some adjustments in the game to see. Yeah. Almost tinkering with things that might work later on. So, But I do think Dagnalt has been able to – I thought he was going to be a placeholder. I think he might be here a little uh, bit. I think he is going to be here a little bit. I think he's – I think there's a chance he's the best coach the Thunder have had. Period. That's at least it, it, now he's got he's got the the benefit of like Scott Brooks did early on of young guys that are eager to listen still. But man, he you know you, you watch the, especially the second group when Shea's not in there, and he, it's not like he dominates the ball, but he's got the ball in his hands. Man, you watch that second group that ball, <clears throat> excuse me, that ball flies around. It doesn't stick anywhere. It's just boom, boom, boom. I mean, it's and that's all from what he's they're they're doing what he wants them to do. Right. And he clearly was able to kind of put a jump start in them last night. I'm sure at halftime by going, guys, what are we doing? We just gave up 77 to the Spurs. Get it in gear, and they did. So, no, I think he's a he's certainly impressing early on. There's no doubt about it. Okay, real quick, final question. Oklahoma City Thunder, they're two and a half back from a playoff play-in spot. You, you, with the teams above them like Sacramento, Portland, do you think they can get it? No. I don't. But I think they'll be right there in, in the kind of the mix all season long. Man, Dylan's got his he, – he's got next year's, like, uh, rotation sent to me. Interesting. Giddy and Dort coming off the bench. I've heard a lot of. I think there is something to the giddy coming off the bench. I'm I, be, I've heard that too. Be honest too. with you. I've heard that too. In, unless he and Shea can can prove they can play better together, which basically means giddy shoot the ball better and quit clogging the lane, because right now, if he's out there, his player can kind of be easy help for Shea driving it down the lane. If you want to make any. Not roster moves in a sense of trades or whatever, but mm-hmm. rotation moves. Now's the time to do it with a young group because well, they're more receptive to it, right? But you also got to see what you got. I mean, yeah, that twenty too. games isn't enough yet to decide. Okay, Giddy and, and Shea can't play together. The the early signs aren't necessarily way positive that they can, but you got to. You also really haven't done anything different than just roll the ball out there, right? Mm-hmm. You can find different ways to to. Get it, get those two. You got to exhaust every every avenue, I guess, before making that move. Yeah, would be what I would guess, and and I, I think that's that's the beauty of the season is they've been fun to watch, and they've won some games, all while tinkering endlessly mm-hmm. to figure out what works and what doesn't for the for the future. I'm going to give you four teams before we get to college football. I'm going to give you four teams. Okay. Utah, Indiana, Sacramento, and the Wizards, Washington Wizards. 
A, do you trust any of those teams? And B, if you do, which one do you trust the most? Okay, you said Utah. Utah, Sac- Indiana, Sacramento, and Washington. Indiana. They have some pieces that people want. Notably, the Lakers were in hot discussion with them to try to get Buddy Hield and who else? Um, someone else. Uh, the but, big guy from Texas, yeah, Miles Turner. Yeah. Uh, those guys, uh, the others I don't trust at all. Because Utah, I think, even though they're winning, they're not supposed to be winning after they, they traded away um, Mitchell. And uh, they made it clear they're, they're – And Rudy. And Rudy. And yeah. they're, they're trying to tank, but here they are winning. I think eventually that stops. I mean, they're going to start doing what they plan on doing. In Sacramento, a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in – I've got it right here. They, are, they have the longest active streak – in any North American pro sport, sixteen years. Sixteen years. The the had Mariners. The, the Mariners had been the longest, and then they got in the they playoffs. They got in. Mm-hmm. So sixteen years. So can I trust that they get in? No. We're gonna go with uh, maybe seventeen years. In Washington, you just I don't know. You don't. Talk played. about not knowing who's on their team. I don't know. Is Bradley no Bill still there? Yes, he is. Okay, that's about the only guy I think. I do know that Bradley Bill, and I think what's the big guy. Oh, he was with the Knicks, then with uh, Dallas. Porzingis. I think Chris Stops Porzingis oh, plays for them, Porzingis too. Oh, is Porzingis there? I think so. Oh, okay. Well. Indiana's interesting. You mentioned Buddy and, and Miles Turner. Also Tyrese Halliburton. Now, maybe I can't trust them because they might not be on the team come trade <laughs> deadline. Indiana's good. I, Sacramento's got some good pieces. Just a, But they've always kind of had good pieces. It's just never really worked because they're a horrific organization. It's just a cursed organization, yeah atrocious one might even call it a travesty one might say move them to seattle i don't think anybody's moving i think they <laughs> but i think expansion teams Expansion's are happening coming yeah i think seattle and vegas Vegas and seattle yep. that's right does that mean that could the thunder surely at that point the thunder get to move divisions i would hope so kind of even it out more central well i mean dallas and Houston and San Antonio and Oklahoma City make a lot of sense to be in the same division. Sounds like a lot of fun, too. Mem- two two new West teams move what? Minnesota, Memphis, maybe to the East? Yeah, someone's have to go to the East. Two will have two to. Two of them will have yeah. to. Yeah. Probably Min- Minnesota, Memphis. Who else is along that line? Cleveland's already there. Indiana's yeah, it already there. never made sense to me Memphis was in the West. Yeah. It always felt like if, if they're on that side. That's because they moved from Vancouver. That's true. That's, that's true. the only kind reason of, why. Kind of same way Thunder. Right. In the Northwest Division. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, college football playoff. It is expanding officially. Well, not officially, officially, but it, by all accounts, it's happening. Last night, the Rose Bowl agreed to the change. You know, they have been given anything they've wanted basically since 1998, and the uh, BCS model came into being. And that was you get your time slot, you get your Big Ten and Pac 12. You get everything you want every time you're not either a host of the BCS title game or one of the the semifinals. You get the 5 o'clock window Eastern on New Year's Day. And after reading a bunch about this throughout throughout the process, I don't think I realized how valuable that time, that window is is viewed in the in the entertainment business five o'clock four o'clock our time new year's day that's people think it's one of the most one of the most valuable time spots in sports 
four o'clock on New Year's Day? Like of all the times of the year or yeah. just any day? Yeah. Four o'clock New Year's Day. That's our four o'clock central. Yeah, five o'clock Eastern. Five o'clock East. That's what, two o'clock, two PM yeah, West. West Coast. I guess the idea behind it is this. It's at the perfect time for everybody to have recovered from recovered. The night yeah. And anything that they were gonna do, they're done with. I can see so that. And, and, of course, New Year's Day has always been a big football, obviously a college football day. Right. So, anyhow. Uh, but Yeah, those early morning uh, <laughs> bowl games on New Year's Day. How long has it been since you've seen the Citrus Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, what bowl was it where uh, South Carolina and Michigan played? And, and Citrus Bowl. Was that it? Yeah. Where the helmet was knocked off yeah. by... Um, now, did you... Uh, Jadavian Clowney? Clowney. Now, did you see that live? Saw that or? one live. Okay. I did. I did. And I screamed some expletives. <laughs> I was like, whoa, holy! And boom. I mean, there for a while you couldn't spell citrus and without I, UT. And so I never saw Tennessee play a bowl game. <laughs> Early adulthood. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I could see where that would be a valuable time slot. It, it makes sense once you think about it. But so Well, and the Rose Bowl <laughs> wants it because of what it looks like what the game starts and how it ends sure you're starting in the daytime and then the sun goes down very scenic very beautiful did you did you realize i know you've got family there in pasadena or well, in california south of it but yeah, yeah california yeah did you realize how big a deal the the parade is yes oh well absolutely i think i read yesterday like eight hundred thousand people go to that yes <laughs> yeah my wife's been to a few of those to the point she says i'll never go again because it is that crazy to uh-huh. pack but you have to get up incredibly early and based where they lived it's a drive you know got to drive through anaheim you get there's a lot of traffic you know get to la then pasadena which is kind of north and east of la proper but yeah it's uh and they get out to get up really early to get a spot where you can just see it and um and of course it's a full day event to the point you go to the parade, you're probably not going to see the game because you're trying to get out of there. Get out of there. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's a big deal. So that's it's kind of a bucket list thing. I think I'd like to see it maybe one time. Well, it's another part of it, but anyhow, here's the reason why the Rose Bowl agreed. I'd love to hear this. I didn't get into the to the details of this. A, if they didn't agree, they're more than likely shut out in 2026 when a new deal comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. And B. You know how much money that the, the the playoff and its partners receive? I can only imagine from ESPN for agreeing to go to this twelve teamer in four and twenty four and twenty five. How much? Four hundred and fifty million. Like each bowl, or no, just the the playoff itself that then distributes all of it out. I got gotcha. you. Okay, ESPN's going to pay it okay. four hundred and fifty more million dollars than what the current contract says by expanding. In 24 and 25, and then, of course, 26, there has to be a brand-new contract. And, and that's going to be fascinating moving forward because I have a hard time believing that ESPN is going to be the exclusive right holder of the college football playoff. You have a hard time believing that? Yes. Okay, why is that? Because I don't think they have enough money to do it. <laughs> because Fox is obviously – in college football mm-hmm. with the deal that the Big Ten signed, putting Fox, CBS, and, and NBC all kind of as a conglomerate. Could it be 
I, I think those Fox and, and those partners could be like first round games or go to Fox. I think you're going to see it a lot like you know. I think it's going to be a little bit more like what we're used to seeing with NFL. Uh, NFL. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like you know. So there would be what a 12 team playoff. There would be what three, four games. Yeah, four. First round games. First round because there's four first, buys and then there'd be four buys, games, four games with yep. eight teams. Yep. I think you may see uh, ESPN get half of them. Fox get half of them. Then Fox, which to me Fox means Fox, CBS, NBC, all in some kind of deal together, right? And it just moves from there. I, I think you're. I think it could go back and forth. I want to say that we've seen some of this theoretically out there, but yeah, I think it. I think it jumps around. I think the ESPN will have it. Let's say half the time, and then Fox say if they say in an eight-year period, the championship game. I think it could be on ESPN four times. I think it'd be on Fox twice and CBS and NBC one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just depending on how they all want to do that. But that that's. And that's another reason why you want to you want to do this early because then you can show, you can generate numbers from a twelve team playoff to then show to the TV partners and go, here's what it's doing. Yep, pony up, baby. Yep. But back to the Rose Bowl, do you, um, you know the the you know, I know Jim, it, he's loving that they bowed down to this, but because they always had this, we're better than you guys attitude. And still trying to show that front, but do you think that whoever the committee, whoever it was, TV deals, TV guys went to him and said, "You better get along or together." One hundred percent, they did. So like, said, you guys either, aren't you guys aren't the make or break of it. This is happening with or without right. you. That's exactly what was that the ultimatum was made. This is happening. Either you're in or you're out. And, and here's what you stand to lose the these in in twenty four and twenty five by not acquiescing to to make this deal because quite frankly they needed them to sign off to be able to make the deal yeah to be able to 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 for for espn to agree for those two years but then also not only that for those two but then the following however forever rose bowl you thank you i mean and you're the granddaddy of them all da 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 are you still the granddaddy of them all if you're not in the playoff right the answer is no. no you know what you are then just another game. The NIT. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Very good. Yep. NIT's played in Madison Square Garden. Nobody cares. Nobody no, cares. You know, it, yeah. it, just because it's there doesn't mean it's the biggest deal. And the Rose Bowl was heading down that path. The only time I ever care about the NIT is if OU or OSU is in the finals. I That's didn't even. It. I didn't even remember that OU played in the thing last year. Did you hear them talking about this? Do you yeah. know who won the NIT last year? Uh pfft. I'm digging in my brain cells. I don't. Hold you know, on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Bellanova? I don't know. Who? No, they made the tournament. Who, who was it? I don't know. Seton Hall? St. Bonaventure played somebody, right? Because that's who beat OU. Is it A&M? I don't know. Texas A&M? I don't know. You have to look it up. Do you know who won the Rose Bowl? Last year? Yeah. Yeah, Ohio State. Uh, that, that's the whole point, right? <laughs> Rose Bowl, you're not, the, you're not the NIT yet. But if you're not involved with the playoff, then you're done. Xavier. Oh, yeah, there you go. They beat A&M. They I beat was A&M. Close. Bonaventure was in there somewhere. They might have made the final four I was of it. close. They beat them by a point. So, anyhow. Uh, you know, in this point was I don't think up. the Rose Bowl had any choice. Back, you know, when you're asking, oh, you, you kind of looked at me when I said they they got them to 
They didn't have any choice. No, no, yeah. They, they understand didn't. what we're yeah. they understand what we're saying better than than we do. Probably. We, we need to keep a list of how many times I'm quoting Jim today. Um, he made this point, and it made it. It was a good point. Yes, Rose Bowl, granddaddy of them all. It's a great, scenic, historic game, and I'm glad they're a part of this because they can continue to be a game that matters. But the point is, if you if it's a playoff game, no matter where it's played, it could be played in, I don't know, Minnesota. It could be played in, Jim said, Houston. You go down Memphis, wherever. If it's Ohio State versus, say, Clemson, it's going to matter. The you know val- what I mean? The it's value, going to be huge. The value is in what the game is Not where versus at. where it's at. Yeah. That's exactly right. The, the, the value in the playoffs is the fact that it's the playoffs. It but, doesn't matter. It can be played out here in the parking lot. Right. And I'm, I am – 100% happy and on board that the Rose Bowl, because I like the old bowl games, right? And I like that they still can matter. I like that the Rose Bowl can matter. Cotton Bowl can matter. Orange Bowl is still going to matter. It's not just a throwaway game where players are going to opt out. It's going to be a part of the playoff. It's going to be intense and fun. To your point, I love the setting of the Rose Bowl so much that I would be okay if that was where they played the title game every year. Absolutely. I love the way it looks. On TV, Absolutely. the grass is greener. The way they paint it, it just looks so perfect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that would never happen because they're going to be costing themselves so much money by bidding it out to different locations. But as far as the setting, the Rose Bowl is the setting of college football. I agree with them in a lot of these things. It's just that you can't stop progress because – you want to play on this date at this time, no matter what. That's not the way it works. You're going to have to, you're going to have to give in a little bit. But I would be totally okay with that. My favorite saying it's off awesome. of uh, uh, Brad Pitt on Moneyball. My favorite saying in that entire movie: mm-hmm. "Evolve or die." Yeah, well, that's they turned out. It, it turns out he kept telling his scouts that "Evolve or die." Even the Rose Bowl realized that that was true. Mm-hmm. Let's talk just a little bit before we go to the NFL after the break about the coaching hires. Three big ones so far, really. Uh, Matt, Matt Rule to, to Nebraska, Fickle to Wisconsin, Hugh Freeze at Auburn. I like two out of three. I like all three of them. Do Which you? one do you not like? I'm not sure about Matt Rule. I'm not sure Nebraska's a place anybody can go. Well, I, that's I just, not Matt Rule's fault. That's Nebraska. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, I, well, as overall of a hire, though. I'm not knocking them trying to get – Matt Rule's, I think, is a good coach. But I just think Nebraska's going to be hard. I just – but if it's you can this, win this day and age of college football, he's going to have to hit the portal hard. He's going to have to get you, the boosters, get the NIL money ready to go. If you can win at Temple and Baylor, and you can turn around that S show at Baylor yep. when he got on campus, I feel like you could. I'm not saying win like Nebraska's used to winning back in the Osborne days, but look at that division. It is just yeah. craving somebody to take hold of it. And of those boosters I mentioned, they'll have the, he'll have the support. And they are a, starving to have winning seasons. Oh, yeah. He's starving. a Midwest guy, Penn State type guy, Big Ten type guy at, the, at, you know, at, at his heart of hearts. That's mm-hmm. what he is. I would almost say if he can't do it, then nobody can. And like, this might be the end for me with thinking Nebraska actually can be a viable Big Ten championship game type program right Right. fickle people have loved him i was shocked he didn't get one of the bigger jobs last year but you surprised it didn't hang around because the cincinnati is going to the big 12 
Not not when you could. He's got. You no, know, he has this running success of wins at Cincinnati, and now he can continue that role as they move in to the Big Twelve. No, I'm not surprised because he sees the same opportunity at a program that's already more established in that Big in, Ten West in, right. at Wisconsin yeah. than even Rule has at Nebraska. Right. I mean that the problem for those guys is if they don't get it going quick, what happens in 2024? Oops. Hmm. Lincoln Riley and his visor rolls into town. Oh, that's true. Chip and his visor starts rolling into town because obviously you'd think they'd be in the West. Maybe somebody gets to go – one team goes East. But, you know, then, then all of a sudden that division becomes a little bit different animal. And then freeze to Auburn, match made in heaven, right? Um, it was – I think it's a natural fit. The problem is he can win, win, win and still get fired. That's it. That's the problem for him. That's the problem. That's an Auburn problem. It's not his problem. That's right. But I mean, you want to talk about scummy? There, there are probably other programs going. Okay, here's the three or four year plan. We're going after Hugh Freeze once they fire him for going <laughs> seven and four every year. He's gonna be good, man. Uh, he's he's been good anywhere he's been. Yeah. Scuzzy University, scuzzy dude. <laughs> Match made in heaven. Yeah. Wrapping it up here on a Thursday. Interesting. Uh, we can save the NFL for tomorrow. Interesting comment you just made about Fickle. Oh. And the idea of why wouldn't he why wouldn't he stay at Cincinnati? I mean they were to come to the big gonna and, be a come to the big contender 12. in the Big Twelve, I think. They were going to be a contender in the Big Twelve with Fickle and uh with OU in Texas leaving shoot, even maybe as soon as next year. So how much do you think when you think about Cincinnati and you think about recruiting to Cincinnati, you know, in the AAC, they go all over the place. So maybe this doesn't matter. Well, the hotbed of Ohio. I mean, you can get some guys around. Yeah, I know. But okay, so those Ohio kids can also be told, and they'll have home games, but they could also be told, hey, we're going to play this game here, this game there, close. Yeah. Whereas now you're playing two games at Texas a year. Kansas is close-ish, you know. I wonder how much Provo, that, yeah, or, yeah, Pro. Then you know Morgantown. Heck, that's not bad for them not too bad. compared to everybody else. But then, you know, Central Florida, which I, I know that they're spread out with what they were doing now anyway. So maybe that doesn't matter as much. But I just wonder if that plays into into his decision and just the uncertainty of recruiting so, guys to Cincinnati so as a Big Twelve team. He's, he was leaving because he didn't. He was scared of the Big Twelve, uh, <laughs> a la Lincoln Riley. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. Is that it? I don't, I don't think, think it's so. as much. I, I don't. I don't think. It's, I'm, I'm not talking about scared of the Big Twelve. Yeah. I'm just easier job. Is it, is that what I'm hearing? Uh, Wisconsin's certainly a better job. It's a than better Cincinnati. Job. There's no yeah. doubt about that. And they're more entrenched in what's going on because they've been in the big I, I just i wonder how much that that worried him enough to make that decision or you know when you think about the jobs that were open last year he really didn't have a chance at notre dame because they essentially hired marcus freeman as soon as brian kelly left right so then oklahoma sc there are rumblings there yeah but you know what I'm, but yeah. it's not in that region there really wasn't a there, there really wasn't a job in that region outside of Notre Dame, and he wasn't going to take that one because he didn't even have a chance at it. So I guess 
it, it looks like he was just kind of hiding and waiting on his shot there. Yeah. You know, I, I guess maybe he views himself as a Big Ten guy. Well, he's always been. And he's in got the, the connections mid, in, yeah. the, in that area he's with recruiting. He's that Midwest that's right, area that's right. right there. So that's, that's probably where, I don't know if it was as much as maybe Cincinnati, the, the uncertainty of what Cincinnati will be in this conference next year, as it was, he was a good enough place to jump to. Yeah. So that's where the natural fit talk comes in because of that, the 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 uh, geography and where he's always been. And, you know, and he knows how to recruit that area. And I think Wisconsin was desperately looking for a shot in the arm for their offense. Cincinnati's always had a good offense mm-hmm. under Fickle. And you're not going to see that I-formation offense as much anymore. Which is interesting because isn't he a defensive guy in the first place? Yeah, but he's, he's, but he's had to – He's obviously adapted look at offensively. Look the teams he's yeah. played. He, he knows how – okay, he, he's no dummy. I mean, it's what Venables is trying to do at OU. A little Stoopsian. Yeah. From back in early yeah, 2000, exactly. uh, 99. Yeah. So that's, that's where the fit comes in. Wisconsin wanted a guy that's going to change up what they do philosophy-wise, and they got their guy that's – knows how to recruit that area and is from that area yeah interesting i don't know the answer i'm not sure what the money is for fickle at wisconsin clearly clearly enough to entice them away and i wonder if cincinnati even tried to counter you think they'd have to more than 50 million 7.9 annually yeah that's a good one yeah yep and the big question is, and we'll probably know by Monday, three million. Is, is where so he, is, yeah, he got he basically a five million dollar raise. Where is uh, Neon Dion going to go? Three million dollar raise. Excuse me. You think we'll be talking that on Monday? Uh, yes, Dion Sanders looks like he's down. According to him, he's down to three. Colorado being one of them. Colorado, Cincinnati, oh, and South Florida. Man, no. Speaking of geography, doesn't South Florida just scream Dion Sanders? Yeah. It's also in the AAC. We're going to go to Cincinnati, where they're going to be in the Big 12 Coming next year. Coming to the Big 12. I mean, Colorado seems like a dead – does anything about Boulder, Colorado, scream Neon Dion? Does Not he, really. Does he like, does he like Blue, Blue Mountains and the Coors? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he even likes that. I saw a tweet. Where that one seems I pretty guess weird. there was a, a viral video that he was talking to somebody and Colorado was brought up and they all kind of started laughing like, come, yeah, come on, on, man. Yeah. I wonder if that was just him leveraging leveraging to get it out there that, hey, I'm willing. Yeah. Yes, he's undefeated. I think he's only lost once in two years down there. A tough league he plays in. You can only beat the people on your schedule, Jared. I don't know. Go then take another job and prove me wrong. If you were him, which one of those would you take? Cincinnati. Me too. I don't think it's even a. I don't even think it's a discussion. The AAC is is still lucky to be a conference. They're losing some big players, right? And and that conference just got weaker. Uh, weaker. <laughs> that is funny. Mushrooms are legal it's in fun. Colorado. There's a lot of legal stuff in Colorado. That's true. <laughs> But with Cincinnati going to the Big 12, and then the opportunity to go, hey, I can go to Cincinnati, and for a couple years I can play OU in Texas. Well, and here's the thing about it. 
The Maybe. question on the text line is why not one year. why not stay? I, I think in order to get one of the jobs that he really wants to get later on, he's going to have to prove it at a higher level than he is now. Do you think he wants Florida State? Heck yes. Yeah. You know good and well he's sitting there going, that And you're not convincing anybody. You're not convincing anybody that from, you're a great coach coaching in that conference. That's Just right. like I said, it's great that he's winning and and, and he's a He's learning the ropes as a head coach. Now do it at a higher level. It's a little bit like the Doug Gottlieb every time OSU basketball comes open. Yeah. I personally think the guy knows basketball and could be a heck of a coach. But but he doesn't have any experience yeah. doing it. Go be a coach. That's right. And get off the radio. And instead, he's like, wait a minute, I'm making millions of dollars yeah. on the radio. Uh, no, thank you. Spewing lies. I don't think I need to go to uh, UCO to start. I think I'll keep doing what I'm doing. But Dion, I think that's why he doesn't stay. I think he he goes somewhere. And Cincinnati is, you want to? I mean, that's the the highest profile of those, especially with the Big Twelve coming next year. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati needs to make that happen in a hurry because I see they're they're losing players. Well, and that's uh, uh, yeah, they got some decommits going on on their recruiting class, and, and that if would you get Deion Sanders be a pretty good help to keep like, them. Oh wait, I get to play for Dion? Yeah, I'll stay. Maybe so. Yeah, makes sense. Uh huh. And then you see, then you start to see if he can really coach. Yeah. I guarantee you, he can recruit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Maybe yeah. See if he can coach. Yep. Do you think he might be too expensive? I, I think that's the. Do you think part. his price tag, because of who he is, like, hey man, you want me? I think it may be less. I mean, he's getting endorsement deals left. And he right. can afford. He can. He's already. He can afford not to take as much. Yeah. That's the perfect world. Yeah. Florida State's interesting. Yeah. And five after, now the text line blows up. <laughs> and we got to go. Yeah, we got to go. Lots of these questions. Lots of these questions are very interesting with Neon Dion. Yep. I'm just, I'm honestly amazed at what he's done so far. I thought it was just kind of a dog and pony show to start. Yeah, yeah. He's got some sort of chops because they're pretty darn good. Yep. Everybody have a great Thursday. Big L Canal Cat Basketball tonight. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.